0: Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast. She Reads Truth creates beautiful, accessible Bible reading plans and resources to help you get into God's Word every day. Each week here on the podcast, we talk about what we're going to read together as a community this week. I'm your host, Amanda Bible-Williams. And I'm your other host, Rachel Myers. And y'all,
1: and not stop. Ready. You're not ready. This is week two of our <laughs> Amen and Amen series. And just drop everything you're doing. Sit down with a, I don't know.
0: I don't even know if you want to be in the car, if I'm honest, because you might need some tissues, you might need a moment, you might need to pause and rewind. You
1: might need to listen to this a couple of times, yeah. as I will. I mean, will. go ahead
0: and listen if you're in the car. i yeah. give you permission.
1: <laughs> I will. This is week two of our Amen and Amen series. We are opening up, you guys, I mean, we're reading Psalms with Catherine Wolf. And Catherine, you may not know who she is, and I'm actually not going to give a lot away right now. She's going to tell us her story and... The woman is just this beautiful walking psalm. It's Y'all are going to love it. Catherine is, I mean, like officially, she is a beautiful communicator and advocate. She bridges the gap between the disabled on the outside and those disabled on the inside. She and her husband, Jay, live in Atlanta. They have a book called Hope Heals. They have a camp called Hope Heals. Listen, Catherine is wonderful. I don't know what else to say. Mm-hmm. I just want to get you right to this episode. So as we like to say, let's get right to it. Catherine Wolf, welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast. We are so excited that you are here. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm just
2: so, so excited to be with you guys.
0: Uh, we're just so pleased that you said yes, and to get to read the Psalms with you feels just so sweet, and we have really been looking forward to it.
1: We had Show Baraka on last week, and he was like, I said yes, and then I realized how much prep it was going to take, and so now we feel like a little self-conscious, like we hope it wasn't too much work to prepare. <laughs> no,
2: what a blessing. Oh, my goodness. Reading the Psalms is like a healing for your soul. It really <laughs> so is. Yes, it is. Thanks for the therapy, guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen. Thank the Lord. I know, right? This is That's how I feel, too, as we were reading through. Well, this plan has been so sweet already. It's just a three-week plan in the book of Psalms. And what we're doing, Catherine, is we are kind of doing... We've never studied the Psalms like this before, and we're not reading every Psalm. There are many. But what we're doing in this reading plan is we're traveling through the whole book, but we're looking at the five individual books of Psalms, which... True confessions. Rachel and I maybe had seen the headings in our Bible, but didn't really realize that within the Psalter, the full 150 chapters in the Psalms, there are five curated books that are like themed.
1: Or even if like we kind of knew that there were books, like I think I just didn't ever think to approach the book of Psalms in that way, book by book.
0: Yeah. 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 So it's been really sweet to start talking about these. And reading through these with the community and talking about the themes and the way that really it kind of reflects like the story of scripture, yeah. which is pretty amazing. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Something that I love about this is that we've kind of had on our editorial calendar for a little while. I mean, we have this saying, you know, many people have this saying, like, never be too far from a gospel. And we also believe, like, never be too far from a psalm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, every year or two, we like to be sure to do a psalms study. And so we've had, for 2022, you know, bookmarked, we'll do a psalm study for three weeks in August of 2022. Mm -hmm. Very vague. (laughs) But we didn't know what it was going to be until it kind of came time to need to make the book. So we... Kind of just said like, well, what do we want this Psalm plan to be about? Because we've done Psalms of Ascent, you know, Psalms for Prayers, like Psalms of Worship. And. We weren't sure. So, we had some ideas and we decided to ask the community. And so, something that I love about this psalm plan is that of the many choices we gave our community, the feedback was really strongly in favor of doing, of reading the psalms this way, kind of book by book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a survey on that. So, it's like a you asked, we answered yeah, sort of Yeah, That's a study. so cool.
0: Yeah, it's really fun. Before we get into week two of the study, Catherine, we would just love if you would be willing to share, because I mean, this is, I know you through the wonders of the internet and through mutual friends. And so I know a little bit about your story, but would you tell us just kind of a little bit about your story, your testimony, the work that you do?
2: Sure. So, my name is Catherine, and I am from Athens, Georgia and went to college in Birmingham, Alabama and married my college sweetheart, Jay, and we were living a wonderful early married life. I had a little baby boy and um, life was easy, no medical history. No family history, no symptoms, no mourning, perfectly able body then out of absolutely nowhere, I have a massive brainstem stroke and very nearly died from what's called an a v m which is an arterial venous malformation, which is kind of like a really severe aneurysm that ruptures and most of the time, you don't even know that you have that. Wow, yeah. And mine ruptured, caused the stroke. And they were able to save my life, obviously, in a 16-hour brain surgery. My goodness. But when they operated on me, the doctor had to uh, make choices in order yeah. to keep me alive. So in order to sustain life... I've had to become severely disabled. I can't walk on my own without a wheelchair or a cane, and I, um, I can't drive a car now. I have a hand that doesn't work, and my face is paralyzed on one side, and I'm deaf in one ear, and on and on and on. <laughs> I have a lot of pretty major health problems, and overarching. The biggest one is that they've discovered that this AVM that ruptured and some subsequent neurological issues are all part of some sort of undiagnosable, because no one's alive that has this, brain condition where my um brain is producing some just crazy messed up stuff. And, you know, I have to get that out of there. So I may may have more surgeries in the future we don't totally know but it's been a bit of a rough road since having the stroke because I've had to have 13 different surgeries on different just issues that have come Mm -hmm. up including not only brain surgeries but eye surgeries and face surgeries and surgeries on my vocal cord and this and that and lots of Mm. issues that have issues that have issues but what has been pretty amazing for me in terms of here as we talk about studying scripture and sort of redefining everything we understand with the word of God is recognizing that truly the deep Horrible in many ways, upending of my life. As a 26-year-old, able-bodied, young female, that terrible upending actually allowed me, I believe, to see the upside-down kingdom of God more clearly mm. and to sort of, in a way that I never had before, and I'd walked with Jesus since I was a child, But to kind of wake up a bit to the reality of the upside down kingdom of God and really living into that in a different way. For instance, if you have a second, I'll tell you this is really cool. Yeah, please. I've had all these, you know, issues, but the issues are because the surgeon decided to save my life. So. It's a pretty powerful thought. I love in the book of Job where it says he wounds and he heals. Mm -hmm. That my wise surgeon made the decision to wound me very greatly Mm -hmm. in order for me to stay alive, to sustain life. There were deep sacrifices made. And I can't help but think that is such a powerful biblical truth yeah. that there can be yes. deep wounding. But perhaps mm-hmm. it's so healing can come that we can flourish and we may, in fact, have pretty tremendous scars from what, what we've been through. Um, right. But I think scars are the best part. Scars and the proof that we lived. I do love the Word of God deeply. And in living this second-chance life, probably cling to the Psalms in a way I had not before and definitely Mm -hmm. resonate deeply with the lament and -hmm. distress and turmoil that the psalmist and writers are just reconciling and trying to come before the Lord, honoring Him in the text. I just think it's very... You know, it's easy to give God the glory when, and read, you know, some happy, happy passage when life is awesome, and it's a whole another thing when you're kind of living on the edge, and and yeah. you read something that David wrote, crying out to God, because things are really terrible, and you yeah. know, I, I resonate with that in a different way now, for sure.
1: Catherine, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yes. I feel like I want to not speak this entire hour just so that I can hear your hard earned wisdom. Um, oh I don't know about that. I, <laughs> I want to learn from you guys. But um
2: it has been a great just I don't know the word exactly. It has kind of unveiled something oh, wow. to suffer ongoing has has done something to my spirit that's probably very positive, actually. Yeah. That Mm. I would agree there is a, there's been a bit of a release of the world that's come through, you know, just some hard, sad stuff. I don't pretend that's, like, so cool. You know, it's been pretty awful. You know, the list of I will never is very very long and you know I'm a mother I have two kids and there's major losses in all of this so it's not like so cool I've arrived at this great understanding (sighs) no 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 it's more I've needed to cling to Jesus to come and the truth of his word
1: which I see you right now because we're on a video chat. And so you're wearing a sweatshirt that has the word hope across yes, it. I and, I know, right. and I know. And I know. You have a book called Hope Heals, but the hope that is across your sweatshirt, Catherine, it is not a hope in a surgeon or in (laughs) some sort of miracle fix. Like your hope is anchored so deeply in something that cannot be shaken. And I can see that.
2: Oh, absolutely. And Hebrews 6.19, the truth that hope does anchor the soul has resonated so, so deeply with me that. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul that, you know, Mm. my feet don't really stay on the ground very well. I've had some (laughs) really bad falls in these last 14 years, but my soul is secure in Him. And I love Mm. the truth of Mm. Romans 15, 13. That the God of hope fills us with joy and peace as we trust in him and we can overflow with that hope Mm -hmm. by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm a big fan of hope.
0: Yeah, you are. That's so good. I love that. It's so good. And it's so Catherine, I'm just so excited to talk through some of these psalms with you and these two, because we're entering This second week of the three-week reading plan, we're kind of in the middle of book two of the Psalms. So the Psalms are divided into five smaller books, and each one kind of has a theme, and the themes sort of overlap, you know, and it's actually a really beautiful way to approach these individual chapters that normally we would read individually, and we still can and should. That's a great way to read the Psalms, but it just is an added layer to look at the themes. And in Book Two. It's a really interesting combination because book two, the theme is celebrating like God's might and his deeds, like the word awe-inspiring keeps happening in this book, which I love. And also, there's a lot of lament and longing in this book. And so, and it's both, which you just really beautifully described, you know, God's work in And through you, physically, spiritually, in his church, in the world, like his work through you is awe inspiring. Mm. And also, you lament what is lost and you lament and you long. I would bet, knowing that we are sisters in Christ, that. You have a similar longing that I do, which is for all things to be made new, right? (laughs) for that work to be complete, right? Mm -hmm.
2: Totally. I love, you know, I feel like I never totally know where to put my emotions. I almost felt funny not being a robot, probably, if I'm honest, not (laughs) thinking that having emotion equaled not being a good Christian soldier or something. Yeah.
1: And not
2: really recognizing that being the good Christian Mm -hmm. real soldier is all about lamenting and not not ever elevating emotion, but not Mm -hmm. suppressing it either. It's holding that tension of both. And we see that so clearly in the Psalms that there's a call to, Cry out to God deeply yes. loving, but then not make that your whole life and unable to function. Right. I love, okay. I'm backing up to what you guys have already covered with this Psalm 42. I love Psalm oh, 42 40 5, and I think it's actually repeated again the same Psalm in Psalm 42:11, 11. And it says, Why are you so downcast on my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for mm-hmm. I will again praise him, my rock and my salvation. Amen. And actually, it's a different translation in here. I'm so sorry, guys, than the
1: one I have no. memorized. All translations welcome. That okay, is okay. On, yeah.
2: <laughs> but what I love so much about that psalm is we see David get his soul back on board. We see oh, yeah, yeah, my soul is not feeling it. But honestly, (laughs) deeper than my feelings, this is Mm -hmm. what we're doing. He gets bossy with his soul, I like to say. I Mm -hmm. like that. You have to get a little sassy with your soul. (laughs) Here's what we're doing. I know you are not feeling it, but feeling it is not going to take me to where I want to end up at the end of this, which is back at the foot of the cross, trusting Jesus for my next breath. Absolutely. um, you know, I think sometimes as unpopular as it is in our day and age, we have to do the opposite of everything the world tells us. And we have to fake it till we make it. We yeah, have to say, right. you know what, <laughs> I'm going here with God. You know, my soul may not be 100% there yet. But mm-hmm. I'm putting my what I know to be true above how I feel in this moment. And I think that deeply impacts how we move forward in our lives and how we make sense of the journey we're on.
1: I mean, that's the beauty of our relationship with the Lord. It is come as you are, but don't stay as you are. We have that extra—you talked about emotions in the Psalms. In the study book on pages 78 and 79, there's this— thing that like outlines, you know, like maybe six chief emotions and the like range of emotions even stemming from those the sadness, joy, fear, anger, love, and surprise. There are shades of each of those emotions. And Catherine, I love that you were talking about that the Psalms invite us to come as we are, to bring every range of emotion and to give our souls a pep talk, to kick it Mm. into gear and go like, but what's even more true? Than how I feel right
2: now. No kidding. I love, love, love this thought that, you know, you can really hang out and have a pity party. You really can. Mm -hmm. But it's not going to get you to where you want to go. Your pity party is planting your feet down where you are. It's not going Mm -hmm. anywhere. I heard shortly after my stroke from another stroke survivor that... If I thought laying in bed all day and crying was going to make all this go away, I'd probably do it. But (laughs) upon realizing it won't, you might as well get out of bed, wash your face, get on with your life. And Mm -hmm. that is within your control. You know, Mm -hmm. so much of life is things we can't control that happen to us. What we can control is our reaction to it. We control Mm -hmm. our response. We control how we... Remember it how we think about it. So much of the truth of these psalms, I feel like, is waking up to what is in our purview, what is our prerogative, and that's what we do with our emotion.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, let's read some of these, um, yeah. and we can. Some of these psalms are pretty long. You all are going to really enjoy reading. So, a fun little fact: if you haven't noticed this yet, you who read with us. Last week... We only are reading Psalms in this reading plan, which is unusual for us because normally, whether we're reading through a book of the Bible, let's say we're reading through Exodus like we just recently did, Mm -hmm. our reading plan includes the reading from Exodus, but then we will pair it with other passages from throughout Scripture. But in this reading plan, we are reading just selected Psalms from each book in order, Mm -hmm. not all of them, but selected ones in order, and we're reading the full thing. There's never a partial Psalm. Psalms all the time On the book. That, yeah. Yes, yeah. and so we do get a little New Testament on the grace days, which I love as well. But so you're going to love reading through these. But some of these are pretty long, so we don't have to read <laughs> all of you know them all the way through here on the podcast. But I would love to just start today's. I mean, if you're listening to this on Monday of this week, we will start the week's reading in Psalm 66, and I'm going to read kind of some parts of it. But This is praise for God's mighty acts, starting in verse 1, Psalm 66. Let the whole earth shout joyfully to God, sing about the glory of His name, make His praise glorious. Say to God, how awe-inspiring are your works. Your enemies will cringe before you because of your great strength. The whole earth will worship you and sing praise to you. They will sing praise to your name. Mm-hmm. And then it continues on. Come and see the wonders of God. His acts for humanity are all inspiring. And then we get a little bit of history yeah. here with he turned the sea into dry land and they crossed the river on foot. There we rejoiced in Him. So it keeps going with this theme. We went through fire and water. You brought us out to abundance. Well, and even before that, and now I'm just really skipping around. Verse 10, for you, God, tested us. You refined us as silver is refined. You lured us into a trap. You placed burdens on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and water, but you brought us out to abundance. Hmm. And I really want to, Catherine, I'm interested to hear you talk about verse 16. Listen to this. Come and listen, all who fear God, and I will tell what He has done for me.
2: Hmm. That uh, yeah, is, I do love that so
0: much. I, but that's, I feel like that is your ministry. Mm-hmm. That is what you do. You tell what the Lord has done for you and help others to see the hope that they have even in their darkest places uh, absolutely. and who the Lord is. I love
2: this notion of we have to. It's just the overflow of our lives is testifying to the goodness of God in the land of the living. Amen. Amen. How could we not? And yes, I I love in this passage and in this next passage, so many times you hear Words like awe inspiring and abundance mm-hmm. and celebrate, and there's just such a call to relish and rejoice in what God has done. I mean, I just love that notion of just your what does it they say about like the fear of God is actually an awareness of not really like fear like we could think of it, but almost right. like this overwhelming awe factor yes. of God that what is it? I think that's basically what yeah. it is just like it's yeah. this otherness that is intoxicating and <laughs> just how could you not share about that and of course in my story you know once I came out of surgery and I don't know this firsthand, but evidently my husband has many times shared this that when I came out of surgery alive, they you know, they really didn't think I was going to live through surgery. And none of the doctors, except one, would dare operate on me because I was so far gone. And this mm-hmm. one doctor who operated on me and did successfully remove the ABM and keep me alive came out of the operating room to Jay and told him, you know, She's alive. And, you know, he said there will be deficits. She likely won't be able to do this, this, and this again, but she's alive. And he said he only heard that first part, that all he heard was she's alive. (laughs) That even the smallest sign of life was the beginning of hope. And that through the years, my recovery has just continued to fan this flame of hope. So how could we not testify (laughs) to what the Lord has done in sort of raising me back up through all these, you know, recoveries and setbacks and recoveries? And, you know, it's been, it hasn't been like, I had a car wreck and now... Testify right. to God's goodness because I walked away. No, I've been extremely wounded. I'm very much impaired, yes, yes, post-stroke. Yeah. But that's actually potentially even more healing to share about the goodness of God when it's not all perfect anymore. And
0: Absolutely. And that's
2: that So thank you. I agree.
0: Uh, I love it.
2: Well, I was going to tell you what I love so much. I think it's actually in the next Psalm 68 is it talks about celebrating before Mm -hmm. God. And I thought so much about celebration Mm. in my life and the deep call to celebrate what God has done. And my husband and I, Mm -hmm. our ministry works a lot with people who are severely disabled. And we have a camp for families with disabilities and invite Everybody at the camp to come to what we call a Luke 14 dinner party. We have a big dinner and feast where everybody's invited, everybody's welcome. And Mm. we celebrate that night, not outcome. We don't celebrate outcome as the world does. We celebrate process. Because outcomes don't always come, is the reality, to heaven. Mm. But we can celebrate in the midst of really hard stuff. And I like to hashtag on social media, don't wait to celebrate.
0: Because
2: we don't know what tomorrow holds. And we don't have a clue what the outcome will be in many stories. But we know that the process is worth celebrating. And I feel like God gives us clues that that's what His desire for us is, is to celebrate all the times His faithfulness, regardless of outcome. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love the thought that there can be celebration and sorrow, like we yes. the, see in these Amen. psalms, that there's celebration and there's lament. You know, that's I love right. um, I am filled with deep joy of the Lord and so Mm -hmm. much. As you see on my sweatshirt, so much hope hope and joy in the Lord. But I live with a low-grade sorrow and sadness that will probably be for life, that I've had this horrific thing happen and will never do X, Y, and Z again. And my sweet baby who was six months old when I had the stroke, spent the next two and a half years of his life being cared for by other mother figures. Mm -hmm. And their sadness lumped into um, a lot of joy. And I think that those things coexist, that we really long to put those in different buckets and make them extremely mutually exclusive. But (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think they they actually coexist beautifully. That There is rejoicing, there is celebration, but there is a realistic sorrow and sadness to the sight of heaven. We'll talk about it in a minute, I'm sure, but I love the truth of Psalm 8411
1: that talks about Mm -hmm. that. Should we go? There? Yeah, I mean we can talk about it now, Catherine. I'm loving this. This oh, is Oh I would beautiful. love this share. Okay, I guess that's on
2: I forget where it is. So uh,
0: page eighty six. Oh wonderful so, okay. in the study book. Yeah, and that is getting us into, which we can absolutely go there. This is, if we're thinking about the themes of the books, 84 gets us kind of well into book three. And here's the thing about book three is, you know how in book two, there are some psalms of lament. Book three really, if dark is the word to you, it is the somberest, darkest of the books. And it has, so let's see, I was actually going to read, I think this might be a good prequel to that conversation about Psalm 84. Um, This is part of the introduction just to book three that's in the study book.
1: And y'all can read this on page 72.
0: Yes. Thank you, Rachel. Mm -hmm. While book two ends on a high note with the anticipation of a righteous monarchy, because we've got a lot of like Israel's history woven in here, right? Mm -hmm. The overall somber tone of book three reflects the downward spiritual slope of David's descendants and Israel. Though book three contains threads of hope, It is often labeled as the, quote, dark book of the Psalter because of its focus on lament. It's also unique in describing Israel's spiritual and physical circumstances from God's perspective. Mm -hmm. It does not end on a high note. It ends with despair and confusion over God's seemingly unfulfilled promises regarding the throne of David. So regarding something specific, but within that, we get some really poignant yeah. Songs of lament. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. I love, love, love this topic. I love that this falls when y'all are having me. Maybe you planned it. I don't know. I just love, <laughs> well, the point I was making before, I want yes, to share a little more on that first. That to me, I never grew up understanding that all sorrow could not or would not be redeemed this side of heaven. I always understood, like, oh, as a sweet Christian would tell you, you know, the years the locusts of Eden have been restored in full, that everything is restored and redeemed this side of heaven. And, like, I don't know if that's true. I think, actually, (laughs) what the bible says that is very clear is that redemption is coming but that is not today <laughs> That yeah. full redemption is in heaven when there will be no more tears and mm-hmm. no more sadness and there can absolutely be earthly redemption for sure But this notion that everything must be fully redeemed this side of heaven is ludicrous because of course it's not that way. We live in a fallen world where horrible things happen that don't just immediately get reconciled on earth. There is low-grade sadness and sorrow that can be lifelong and that's not contradictory to God and His Word. And speaking of that... I have wrestled so much with Psalm 84 11 and okay. how it, it yeah. can be true. This notion that God withholds no good thing mm. from those walking, I think in your translation it says walking with integrity. Is that right? Yeah, um, it
0: does, yeah.
2: Yeah. No good thing for those walking with integrity. And I don't know about y'all, but back until like a big fat lie, um, yeah. a lot of the time, yeah. how could God would tell no good thing when we see people every day whose lives are nearly ruined by catastrophes of yeah. all kinds, deep suffering, I mean, 26-year-old girls who love the Lord who mm. have a stroke, and right. I was living with a lot of integrity, to be honest, yeah. and Not perfectly, no, 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 but, you know, it wasn't bad. And what do you do with that? What do you do with how can God withhold no good thing? And I was at a conference speaking several years ago with one of my all-time heroes leading the worship music, and her name is Sarah Groves, if you (sighs) know Sarah Groves. I love Sarah Groves. Mm -hmm. And She sang the song she had written called Open My Hands, Mm -hmm. and the opening lyrics say, I believe in a blessing. I don't understand. I've seen rain fall on the wicked and the just. Rain is no measure of his faithfulness. He withholds no good thing from us. And I raced up to her mm. after the conference and I was like, Sarah, <laughs> talk to me. How did you get there? Like I want I want yeah. to reconcile how God can withhold no good thing and life and the world we live in. Like talk to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she pointed me to a wise theologian from the sixteen hundreds named Sir Richard Baker. And he wrote the following words, and they've deeply impacted my life. He wrote the truly good things of God. In fact, the best things of God can never be taken because they're not physical things that the world can take. The truly good things of God are the peace of conscience, the joy in the Holy Spirit, the fruition of his presence in this life, and the assurance of his face in the next. (laughs) And of these things, God will never withhold because they are not things the world could ever touch. The deep, true peace, joy, fruition, and assurance are nothing that the world has access to. Right. That they are truly... Gifts given by God that make us able to say with assurance that good gifts have been given that Mm. are to those walking with integrity with Him. And it's it's really been a paradigm shifter for me to think that the truly good things of God are already inside of me. That they're nothing that the world could ever touch Mm -hmm. And in a sense, no matter what is to come and what has been. And it's been, you know, it's been rough. I've had 13 surgeries since the stroke. I've severely broken my leg. I've torn my ACL from really bad falls. I fell in the bathtub and broke some ribs. I've had just a lot of really hard, sad stuff particularly in the medical realms, falling and just, you know, feeling very unsafe in this world. And yet, even in that real, just unsettling, horrible frenzy, there is a strange, deep peace that nothing truly good can be taken in this crazy moment of pain. Mm -hmm. And nothing... The world can try, could mm-hmm. ever touch the true goodness of God inside of me. And that has really changed um, how I think and how I feel about my life. And I would encourage you all, all your listeners, to put that on your mirror, on the fridge. The, yeah. the truly yeah. good things of God are not things. And that, um, that things. is a game yeah. changer.
0: Yeah. yeah it's almost like we need more words because <laughs> it's like there are good things, and then there are the truly good things that you're talking about, yeah, Catherine, that it's
2: hundred percent, yeah, yeah, you need, you need a word that's way yeah. beyond just good, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and, or it's uh, like the actual meaning of good not the meaning that we give it sometimes. Well,
2: because because we must redefine good because the way we've defined the word good has to do with feeling good and Mm -hmm. looking good and getting all the goods. It has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with actual goodness. And it's all about reframing, redefining what that Mm -hmm. word even means. And honestly, In the Western world, we've really misunderstood goodness. We've really messed that one up pretty big time. Because whether or not we would remotely admit it, we all to some degree have bought deeply into a gospel that says, if I'm doing the right things and being the good Christian, then good things are coming to my life. No Mm -hmm. one would ever probably admit they believe a prosperity gospel. But to some degree we all do. We think we have a deal. Like, okay, God, I love you. We're good here. You know, we go we got a deal. And the reality <laughs> is, no, we don't. This side yeah. of heaven, we ain't got no deal. Like mm-hmm. John sixteen <laughs> thirty-three is true. There is yeah. pain right. in this fallen world. But yeah. we can take heart. He's mm-hmm. overcome. Yeah. But you know, it's not happening yet. We're still on earth and there's still sadness you know speaking of a new word i made up a word and i'm sure Oh, it's my favorite
0: i love to make up words
2: Mm -hmm. thank you yeah me too (laughs) i just know the dictionary will be calling soon to incorporate (laughs) this (laughs) one um it's called good hard it's one word g-o-o-d-h-a-r-d because life is good hard it's not just good it's not just hard but it's always both
0: they're
2: so commingled and they coexist and Our brains can't really understand that. We understand goodness as being very separate from anything hard. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. just not the way life is. It's not the way the Christian life is. There can be very hard things that are good and vice versa. My husband and I have started telling our kids that God made them to do the hard thing in the good story he's writing in their Mm. lives because we want to instill so deeply in them that God has in fact equipped you for the hard things that are coming in life but ultimately it is a good story that God is writing in your life and we just see that as being so absent from uh, our understanding. even as Christians, of what life is about, that there's no sense of it's good and hard at the same time.
0: Yeah. And like you said, like sometimes as Christians, we actually believe the opposite, that when we become Christians, that suddenly, like magically, that good equals easy. Or favor. You know, and it doesn't work that way. And so this is such a beautiful, all of this wisdom that you are just lavishing on us right now, Catherine, oh, please, and please. well, well, but I recently saw someone say on social media, I'm trying to remember exactly how it was worded, but it was like, I see what that wisdom cost you. You know, like, I know that that wasn't just, you know, yes, you have wisdom. And also it came, you know, at a price. And we're so grateful that you'd share it with us.
2: Right. Well, I do know what you mean. Where I thought you were going with that is you're going to say, I saw on social media somebody hashtagged, like, look at the good life, all the blessings (laughs) God gave me. And it's their Ferrari and their, Mm. you know, perfect medical Uh history. And they're like, hey, look, God blessed me when
0: it's not that way at all. Too blessed to be stressed. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, we can sometimes sell that bill of goods where it's like, oh, well, if, or that anything bad or hard happening is somehow because of something that we have done. Right, or is punishment, yeah. And this is such a beautiful, this conversation that you're inviting us into is such a beautiful companion to these specific sections of Psalms that we're reading this week, the end of book two and the whole of book three of the Psalms, because we get to see that. I think that's part of the gift that God gives us through the book of Psalms is you can't read these chapters of the Bible and still think that false thing that you just exposed for us, Catherine, that that everything is fine. You know, <laughs> the theology of everything is fine. Oh, because for Because sure. life is so hard. And the Psalms give us the language to express that and also I think give us permission to express that back to God and say where are you why is this happening mm-hmm. this is so hard you've promised like I love how in psalm 88 the psalmist is like you promised all of this about the throne of david but like why is that not happening mm-hmm. you know and it doesn't tidy it up in mm-hmm. a bow it just stops
2: <laughs> for sure i love I think it's Psalm 73, Mm -hmm. which is day 10 where the psalmist writes for, I envied the arrogant. I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Yeah. Yeah. The the psalmist is going, okay, I'm looking around and this (laughs) is feeling really messed up to me. Mm -hmm. What is going on? And I forget the passage where it says the wicked prosper only for a season. And that has been a great comfort to me. More than that, I think the call for us is to not be looking around. Mm. You know, the comparison game is so ludicrous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. We're always going to feel like the wicked are prospering when we're looking around is the honest truth that recognizing the grass is greener over there because somebody's (laughs) watering it. Like our grass is (laughs) gross and dying because we're so worried about theirs and staring <laughs> longingly at it. I and what love a waste that of so time much. that is. I love above that passage how it says, For my feet almost slipped. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. psalmist recognizing, like, I almost went there. But, but no. Yes. I'm a big fan of Habakkuk. I don't know if y'all have studied Habakkuk. Um, it's, it's been amazing. a while, but yes, we have. Mm-hmm. You need to bring it back.
1: We do. I come, love, back, love come back, Habakkuk. come back, come back. I love.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I love. I love this notion that I will tread on firm, secure ground. I will rejoice no matter my mm-hmm. circumstance. I um. I have a really powerful story after my stroke. It had just been a real season of tragedy. I was put on a tube to be fed for eleven months after the stroke. I couldn't eat mm. yet. And I couldn't stand up yet and nothing marked on my body. It was horrible. And I took that Habakkuk 3 passage, Habakkuk 317 and 18. Do you want me to share it? Do you know it? Yes, please. I love these verses. I love these too. It says, I think Habakkuk 317 says, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no crops on the vine. Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. And for some reason, I took those scriptures and I inserted my specifics at that time into that passage, which I would highly encourage your listeners to do I that. because I really think it did that Psalm 42 5 thing to mm-hmm. me it just got my soul back on board honestly so I wrote though I cannot stand and I am confined to a wheelchair though my face is paralyzed and I cannot smile though I am extremely impaired and cannot take care of my own baby boy, Mm -hmm. yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. And Mm -hmm. I think that really did something to my psyche, that Mm -hmm. just saying that in my head over and over, that I will rejoice in the Lord outside of this nightmare.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. And you know, from that moment it would be seven months till I would be able to stand up again. So it's not like I just and then, I yeah. wrote that cool thing and then the next morning I jumped <laughs> out of the hospital bed. No, yeah. not at all. No no yeah. no. It was deep in there that the yeah. Lord was at work encouraging my heart and Strengthening me with truths I already knew, and yeah. I just can't help but think, regardless of whatever the circumstance, are, inserting your specifics into that Habakkuk passage yeah. really does impact the soul that even though, even though, even though, even though, That's right. and yet I will rejoice in mm-hmm. God my Savior. Yeah. That does something Psalm 42, 5, to young.
0: You're preaching to your soul, a little sassy to the soul. There, yeah. <laughs> exactly, I um,
2: exactly preaching yeah. to your soul.
0: I love too that what that is teaching us to, Catherine, because you can do that with Psalms as well. And of like course. we we had a study called "Mourning and Dancing," where we would create our own kind of Psalms of Lament based on non-canon, <laughs> based on uh, you know taking examples from Scripture and filling in the things from our own life and our own yeah. hearts and. Yeah. So uh, yeah. One of the things that was so powerful about what you did is that by subbing in those facts, those things that were true from your own life, you are acknowledging those. And it's, there's power in that. There's so much Absolutely. power in saying, there was a verse last week when we were reading with show, and it said, all of this happened like, full stop, <laughs> and the Lord. It's like, this is a thing that has actually happened. This is real. Let's not
2: reality. That's right. Absolutely. We think to come before the Lord, we have to almost deny our feelings or deny the reality yeah. of how bad things are, but absolutely not. Like, that's where we come to Him, yeah. broken and hurting and cry out to Him. I love
1: that. Yeah. And I love in, like, Psalm 80... Is another example of that thing where, like, we add color. Like, I think, like, this encouragement that we find in the Psalms to add color to our prayers to go, God, this is what happened. We know that He knows, but to, like, uh-huh. actually, like, pray to Him the colorful story of, here's all the great things, or here's all the really hard things. Uh-huh. Like, I think that, like, for me, in reading these Psalms this uh-huh. week, I've got oh, there's so much more to what my prayer life could be if I really... There's so much more to talk to God about than I think that He's interested in.
0: Yes. And to say, similarly, God, this is who you are. He knows who He is. Yeah. But the psalm, it happens over and over again in Scripture, not just in the psalms. That's right. Where someone is who believes is like praying back to God... Here's who you are. Now be that mm-hmm. for in this situation.
2: Absolutely. And there's power and in that. Comforting your own heart by crying out That's to right. God. That's right. Like, this is what I know to be true. And I'm going to mm-hmm. say it out loud. And yeah. he's going to hear it. But guess who else is going to hear it? My soul. What if it needs to hear it?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. I
2: love that. I love in Psalm 86, we see a lot of physicality. Lord, I cry out to you all day long. I spread out my hands to you. Mm -hmm. I cry out before you day and night. May my prayer reach your presence. Listen to my cry. We just see this very like, yeah, full like embodiment of I'm praying with my body and we're crying out and we need you. It's very physical.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Psalm 88. Psalm 88 is kind of similar. I mean, it's another one. And this is the one that is deemed the grimmest and saddest psalm. Which, you what know, an award. I mean, Wow. And it is. It is dark. And it says some of the verses from that psalm. I'll start in verse 1. Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out before you day and night. May my prayer reach your presence. Listen to my cry, for I have had enough troubles, and my life is near shale. I am counted among those going down to the pit. I am like a man without strength, abandoned among the dead. And then he keeps going... There's, oh, verse nine, my eyes are worn out from crying. Lord, I cry out to you all day long. I spread out my hands to you. This is what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. And verse 13, but I call to you for help, Lord. In the morning, my prayer meets you. So even in that language, there's confidence in who God is, that Mm -hmm. that these prayers are being heard. Lord, why do you reject me? Why do you hide your face from me? From my youth, I have been suffering and near death. I suffer your horrors. I am desperate. Hmm. Your wrath sweeps over me. Your terrors destroy me. They surround me like water all day long. They close in on me from every side. You have distanced loved one and neighbor from me. Darkness is my only friend. Mm. And that is the last verse of that chapter. Like, that is... Solve. It's not like a. It's a real come as you are. It's not something that you're going to like flip on the radio and hear. And now for today's quick like sixty minute sixty second devotional, we're going to read Psalm eighty eight. Yeah, yeah.
2: But it's in there. Haven't we all been there in different ways? My goodness, on the edge. You know, there's a passage I think at the end of 89, Mm -hmm. 47, that says, "Have you." created everyone for nothing yeah I Me. Mean, mm-hmm. oh my gosh have you created everyone for nothing and i think we all have wrestled with that mm-hmm. i know i have that what's even you the doing point doing here god what is the point of life like why yeah. in my case after the stroke but i couldn't walk or eat or speak yet i just wondered if god made a mistake by leaving me on earth like first of all, why did you even create me only to like nearly kill me off? Only to leave me here, not fitting into this world anymore. Like so spiritually complex. And that that is helping to make sense of a deep a deep cry in this psalm that what is this even about? Like what are you doing? And I um, I love the honesty of that as well. Yeah, it's
1: beautiful. Yeah. The Psalms are a place to come to
0: remember that we are not alone.
2: Right. That is right. Mm
0: -hmm. There's something, a line in your bio, Catherine, where it's talking about the work that you all do at Hope Heals and that you like to help people see that Jesus brings healing to the deepest pains we all carry. Right. And... That line just resonates so deeply with me and I think with, you know, all of us. And I think that is, you have helped us see in just talking about your story and weaving that into this conversation as we're reading these specific chapters and books in the Psalms, that these darkest parts of the Psalms are here by design in that they also point us to Jesus. And you've you've shown us that as well. And I'm just so thankful you've been so gracious with your hard won wisdom and what you're learning.
2: Oh goodness. Well the truth is we all have wheelchairs. You know, I, I have one on the outside, but we <laughs> all we all have internal wheelchairs. We all have broken pieces inside of us yes. and stuff that's not right. So of course We all need Jesus's healing in
1: various ways in our lives. That's right. And we all have that line. I'm trying to flip back to it, and I can't find it, but you girls will help me remember. Amanda, you pointed it out, that come and see what the Lord has done for me, and I will tell you. Um, Oh, right. But that's for you, Catherine, and that's for us. But that is for every believer to say, come and see, and I will tell you. What the Lord has done for me, He has brought me low, He has lifted me high, He has withheld from me no good thing, right. because the good yeah. things are not things. Yes. I think I have just been so moved by this conversation, Catherine. I'm so thankful. And I also think that I just—I came into this hour with a deep appreciation for the Psalms, but the Lord has used you to just, I don't know, just take us deeper in a way that's been beautiful and honest, and I'm thankful— for that.
2: I'm yeah. thankful too, And I really don't know if this was planned by you guys, but really a brilliant backdrop to I know. I We
1: mean, don't I'm do the bookings, like, but maybe. Right. I'm like
2: I'm kind of a word picture for this text today. It's so true. I, love, yes. I love that I'm here and I think that's really beautiful and you know you all have the privilege of seeing me mm-hmm. on camera. But since your listeners don't, I just want to reiterate, you guys, my face is paralyzed. Mm-hmm. I am in a wheelchair full time. I have a hand that doesn't work. My body is very broken. And so a conversation about lamenting in song, the Psalms and finding the true goodness of God is literally... On display here, that there yeah. is such beautifully just a beautiful, um, yeah, just a word picture and my embodiment of the truth of the psalms. So, I'm, yeah. I'm very grateful to y'all. Yeah,
0: yeah thank you. One of the Psalms that we'll read this week is Psalm 67, and the first two verses are this, May God be gracious to us and bless us. May He make His face shine upon us so that your way may be known on earth, your salvation among the nations. And that's my prayer for all of us in the church that you know, what God does in our lives would be done so that He will be known. And that's what I see in you, Catherine, that you're come and listen to what God has done for me so that He can be known throughout the earth and so that His Mm -hmm. salvation can come to the nations. And it is a gift, a ministry. It's a—I know it's also, I'm sure, a sacrifice. Anything that's public is always, you know, requires sacrifice Mm -hmm in this day and age but we're just so grateful for your words and you're sharing your heart with us thank you for reading the psalms with us
2: what a blessing thank you guys (laughs) so much for having me
1: Hmm. I can't believe this hour is over. I wish that we. I'm going to be thinking about this for a long time. Uh-huh. We have only one week left in our Amen and Amen series, and so next
0: week we're going to be joined by Janice Gaines. We're going to do our, our very best to have her sing something for us, you guys. We may <laughs> we may fail in our attempt, but uh-huh. her voice is like an angel. What else are we supposed to tell? Okay, one important note is that now this feels far away. It's not far away, you Mm-mm. all, because. This episode is airing in August, at the end of August, and in just a couple weeks, on September 12th, we're going to start reading the book of Ruth together, Mm. and if you want a study book to read along with us, you need to get that ordered now, because the last day to order, depending on when you're listening to this, if you're listening to this on the day it goes live, the last day to order the Ruth study book is tomorrow. To get it in your hands, and time to read along with us, what a story of God's provision Mm -hmm. and redemption Calling. In, yes, mm-hmm. and calling. Yeah. Amen. Yes, through I nations and generations and also through individual yes. lives and Amen. families.
1: Yeah. Yes. All right. So well,
0: that's truth.com in case you've forgotten. And
1: you those of you who are subscribers, just look forward to it. Here it comes because you yeah. don't have to do a thing. Okay. Next week, Janice Gaines, third week of Amen and Amen. But until next week, Catherine, what do we tell our friends? Sweet friends, never forget this. Keep
2: opening your Bibles.